a concealed carry seminar, more election chaos, and dumb and dumber on this episode of Grove Unleashed. Hey, it's State Representative Seth Grove. Welcome to Grove Unleashed. The Anders Toman. Dominator of district office disputes. And the best shot in the entire district office. I don't know about that. I don't know. The, That's, that sounds the like score a story. says otherwise. That sounds like a story. The story is, saying. I'm a better shooter than our chief of staff, John. But I'm better than both of them. So it, I don't know how I don't know how anybody can deny I'm a better shot. You're, you're I feel as much though you're discrediting my, my shooting ability. We're just... Was there some kind we're, of competition? Yeah, we're, we're just not including him in the district right. office. So uh, okay. Anders and I went to a sporting clay shoot, and John went on his own. Now, John shot 100. We shot 50. I guess percentage-wise, I, I had 3% more than right. what John so did. So he hit him, and I beat both of them. So I'm yeah. the winner. But Makes I'm still better than John. But they keep arguing. I'm like, guys, I uh, shot. I'll be honest with you. The only reason I do it is just because it gets John going. It does. It, and it's it hilarious. Does. We <laughs> also suspect John of being a KGB agent. So, I mean, there is that. He only likes um, Russian. Shoots like one. Yeah. <laughs> Shoots he, like, he just yeah. got a new over-under because we're going to settle this uh, in about a month or so. Right. And he just bought a new under over-under shotgun from CZ. Right. So. He loves communist firearms. He only shoots 308s. I mean, his last name is Popovich. Mm, mm, mm. It's, it's all pointing. His last name sounds like a vodka brand. Right. We, we, we suspect. Like, I, I, should, I we have him on double. Double secret surveillance. So well, always good we'll, to have. We'll keep uh, you. We'll keep is, you updated. Is he a, a double secret double agent? That's what he right. is. All right. So we also watch. I'm told uh, if you watch Putin, supposedly he doesn't move his side, his right arm, because KGB agents are trained not to move it, so they can pull their sidearm. So we've been trying to watch him, but I think he's on to us. So he's mm-hmm. like moving his arm yeah. now or something. So, but he right. looks like uh, Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights, where he's just like. I know I have to move my right hand so they don't catch on, but I don't know what to do with my hands. And he starts doing this. Yeah. So what do we have this week? Well, speaking of firearms, we are uh, doing some district events. One of is a concealed carry seminar uh, with my colleague, Representative Don Kiefer, after the racially gerrymandered new House districts handed out by the Democratic majority and uh, Chancellor Nordenberg, head of the uh, commission for um, redistricting. Don took a piece of uh, Dover Township, but it is what it is. They don't have any control. So we've been partnering with stuff. So we're going to do a concealed carry seminar. Not the first. We've done many of these. They're great. Saturday, September 10th, 9 a.m. until noon. It's at the West Manchester Township Farmers and Sportsmen's Association, which is actually in Dover. So it's the West Manchester Township Sportsmen's Association in, in Dover. They used to be in West Manchester, but they, I guess they're too much fun and went to Dover. So it's a great organization. Uh, just so you guys know, space is limited, so make sure you RSVP at repgrove.com. That's R-E-P-G-R-O-V-E dot com, or call our district office at 717-767-3947. We'll get you guys signed up. Um, also, uh, Attorney Seth Springer, and you get two Seths. Yeah. That's two Seths. You don't normally get two Seths in the same room. So Seth Springer, I will discuss Pennsylvania's concealed carry laws. And then we'll have uh, um, an officer from Northern Regional to discuss how you kind of interact with law enforcement and, and firearms because it's not it shouldn't be a scary situation for either. And they do a phenomenal job. Not the first time we've had it. I like it. I learn something new every single time. Somebody has yeah. a question I haven't thought about. Um, and then they'll probably uh, well with the I know I know we've hit it in our previous, but the Supreme Court case on concealed carry, um, we as Pennsylvania citizens can actually get uh, Maryland concealed carry 
license now, which is kind of cool. So costs I mean, like three hundred dollars to do it. Yeah, but, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, but um, at least you won't be illegal when inadvertently crossing the state line. Exactly. Correct. So. And if you live in New York, we got a number of people that live and work in Maryland. So. Um, I, I think the club itself will have some information. I think they're, they're hosting something. So come on out. Check it out. It's a good time. The Dover Fireman's Fair is coming up. Always a good time. It is Thursday, September 1st through Monday, September 5th. I like to roll the pie dough for baked turkey pie. I love baked. They're, they're baked turkey pies. It is all, really good. Like all their food is good. Go there and eat. Uh, like enjoy. Um, go to they have the inside dining hall. Our table is actually there in the um, fire truck bay. So stop by. Andrew, John, or myself will be there. Uh, I will also be calling Bingo Friday. I'm very hesitant. I had a horrible experience once. Uh, I was at Windy Hill Senior Center. I was calling Bingo. Um, packed house, and they were playing for leftover food from Kenny's Markets. Oh, goodness. Not even cash. I actually called the same number twice, and I was barely able to survive. So I have this it's it's traumatic, traumatic experience with uh, calling Bingo. So this is... I, I'm 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 coming out of retirement after one one, so I'm I'm coming back. When I was um, younger, my grandmother took me to play bingo with her once, and that was the last once and only time. Be- yeah. She said I, it's because old I'm person bingo unquote, is cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, so she said it's because I'm quote unquote too competitive. What? There's no such know. thing, especially in bingo. Right. My I kids, think she was just mad because I was taking all of her friends, but you know. maybe my my kids <laughs> like it. They'll come out and play. And it's cool. They use little corn kernels and stuff for, for the boards and stuff like that. So, you you know, they have their stampers and stuff. So uh, so you can catch me that Friday for a call. And but they have they have, ton, they have rides. Bring your kids out. Uh, they have live music. Elvis. Elvis will be there one of the nights. Uh-huh. So coming off his hot new movie in theaters now, I guess. Um, yeah. Elvis will be in the, his house in Dover. So it's a good time. Come on out. Support your local. And all the, all the proceeds benefit the Dover Borough Fire Department. Wonderful people. Help save lives every single day. They do a great job. So uh, come out and support your local community. And the last event is a damaged license plate event. What's a damaged license plate? You know how these stupid Pennsylvania license plates like wear down in like three days after you get them? PennDOT's nice enough to uh, start replacing them. So For free. For free. Yeah. So As long as you do it through us, right. it'll be for, for right. free. So uh, we're, we're coordinating with, again, Representative Don Kiefer and the Northern New York County Regional Police Department. That's Saturday, October 10th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's in the Dover High School parking lot. So if your license plate is illegible, issued a new one, and it can result in actually a $100 fine. I did not know that. Yeah. $100. So if your license plate is illegible, it can result in a $100 fine. So and by the way, sure police can out. probably just pull you over for that too, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Now, you should note also that just because your license plate is illegible doesn't mean you won't pass your inspection. Right. So you can pass an inspection inspection and have an illegal license plate. Illegible, not illegal. Illegible, yeah. Um, can you pass an inspection with an illegal license plate? Because you can illegally vote in Pennsylvania. So I was just curious if that illegal stuff transfers uh, also plays into license plates. Well, it's the government, so nothing ever makes sense. That's true. For your license plate to be considered illegible, uh, one or more characters cannot be recognized from 50 feet, and your plate has to show blistering, peeling, discoloration, or loss of reflectivity. So the blistering, is that a monkeypox thing? or? <laughs> well, I don't know. It is in the back of the car. Oh. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, this is still one of those things where space is also limited. Uh, so make sure you RSVP by calling our district office. Once again, that number is 717-767-3947. Um, and an RSVP link should also be available on repgrove.com sometime in the near future. So make sure you uh, keep an eye out on, in the newsletter. Uh, more information should be out on that soon. Do you have to, like, you have to register because you have to log in that your plate, because they'll give you a new plate right then yep. and there, right? Yep. So we'll, we'll have the plate there. Come in, we'll pop it off, put the new one on, and then PennDOT will take the old plate with them yep. to do what they do with old plates. Yep. Um, probably give it to um, people illegally running the turnpike and giving my constituents tickets as it's not their car. Yeah. One We've had a couple of those. Right. Yeah. Frustrating. The everlasting issues of the Pennsylvania turnpike. Yes. Coming soon to a podcast soon. near you. Coming soon. But let's talk about some voting. Yeah. So, um, post act 77 actually it's all stemmed from governor's veto of act of of house bill 1300 um once he vetoed that in june you started seeing lawsuits filed um and one of them was from um a county commissioner out west somewhere i forget what county um his last name is mcclinko and then uh, i think 12 of my colleagues from the house filed similar suit that act 77 is violation of the state's constitution blah 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 so commonwealth court early this year said you know it's unconstitutional laid out the groundwork the pennsylvania supreme court shock surprisingly came out with the five to two decision you know kind of party line the five democrats ruled that mail-in voting is constitutional and shouldn't be a shock to anyone these are the same people that picked a national dark money democrat group to their map for congressional redistricting so shock but it was interesting. I, I, I you know, I, I actually met with a constituent that day, or actually not even a constituent, a fellow Yorktownian, and we were actually discussing this, and I told her, I'm like, this is what's going to happen. Like, hours before it's released, I said, this is what's going to happen. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court will take the dissenting opinion of the Commonwealth Court, elevate that to the majority dissent. Justice Donahue is going to write it because she did this entire line of questioning on how the old Constitution is racist and sexist, and then she's going to build that in on top of the dissent of the Commonwealth Court. And that's going to be the ruling. And I was spot on. <laughs> it's not hard to see. Like, it was honestly it's kind of scary how... Right. I mean, well, they, they, they kind of telegraphed, particularly Donahue telegraphs. Mm-hmm. What she asks is what she rules. I saw it through all the cases, congressional redistricting. Her entire opinion was basically her line of questioning and where she wanted to go with it and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's not hard. You kind of know what they're going to do. They're high hyper-partisan court. Shock. Shocked. Um, so that's that's getting appealed to U.S. Supreme Court. I'm anxious to see what the U.S. Supreme Court does. It seems like at least uh, enough justices seem to want to weigh into this stuff. For you know, People are calling it the independent legislature theory that, you know, rightfully so. Like, we, we, we do statutes, right? Our, our role within the constitutional powers is to draft laws like it's our job to do that not not the court so i'm anxious to see if if in fact the courts take this up but that was a ruling i followed up with talk about tons of more litigation tons more chaos right um there's the uh lawsuit that the the same 12 of my colleagues also filed one on the premise that act 77 has been voided because of a federal lawsuit throwing out um the undated ballots portion of that uh, that's currently in commonwealth court as a lawsuit as well so that's still out there so 
We'll see more chaos in elections, uh, but we want to update people on that. You know, from my perspective, someone that voted for Act 77, what we have in place that is being administered today is not what I voted for. It's not. We as the General Assembly, you know, it was a, it was a deal. It was a, a political deal between Republicans and Democrats and Governor Wolf's office. That, that deal has been, as my colleague Dan Mao would say, bastardized. His favorite word for stuff. And a lot of people think things like drop boxes were in Act 77. Right, it wasn't. When in reality, right. that's well, nowhere to be found well, in there. That was just a creation of the Department of State. Right. And that's, that's what we have. We have creation of stuff we didn't vote for or wasn't in there. We have stuff that was added or taken away. And and the, the, the thing with me is we put a non-severability clause in there to say it simply keeps people honest. We have an agreement. You got your stuff. I got my stuff. If I don't want your stuff, I'm going to file a lawsuit to throw out your stuff so I only get what I want. It was to prevent that from happening because where's the trust anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, even even the Wolf administration in these court cases, they went about face. When asked when the Department of State files their court documents, they will back, you know, in, in the case of the undated ballots, they back the ACLU saying, yeah, we, we agree we, we, agree we, sh- we should be counting ballots with, without dates in complete opposite of what we agreed to. I mean, where's the trust? I mean, how, how do you how do you sit down and look the Wolf administration in the eye and say, we're going to come up with another agreement on elections, and we're going to put another severability clause, and we're, we're all going to be on the same page, and you're going to defend this, and we're not going to have the same. Like, we know what they're going to do. They're going to do the exact same thing. We want what we want. We, we're going to throw out what you want. And they got the courts to do it. And it's crap, but it's what has happened. And it's very You know why this it's happens? frustrating. Why? Because elections have consequences. Amen. 2015. It also seems, though, to be a, a microcosm of, of what we see at the national level, mm-hmm. where, where many of our government institutions are being co-opted or corrupted. Right. Bastardized. And, and there, there, is, there is, like, the, 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 Democrat, the National Democratic Attorneys see Pennsylvania as friendly. Because they know they're going to have a governor's office and a, and a, a secretary of state, a department of state, that's going to back them, mm-hmm. right, with a friendly court. They have the the, the, the pieces in place to go do this. Um, that's why they kind of cherry pick North Carolina and a couple of these states where, you know, North Carolina, similar situation. You have a Democrat governor, Republican General Assembly, but Democrat governor, Democrat Department of State, and some friendly courts down there. Um so it's, it's frustrating, and it doesn't help. It doesn't help voters. It doesn't help consistency. It doesn't help trust in any, any method. And at the end of the day, like, you want to get rid of – you, you want to count undated ballots or get rid of the dates altogether, let's have the conversation. We've been willing to have that conversation for months, but you want to thumb your nose at the General Assembly and go talk to your buddies in the courts to do it. So what we're saying here is just set a set of rules and obey them. Right. Right. Pick, pick a set of rules and stick with them. Right. Uniformly. Everybody's treated the same, um, and that's not what, what they want to do. And it just it hurts. You want to talk about hurting democracy? That hurts. By the way, I, I, I love, and this is, this is not a new trend, but Democrats stand for democracy until it comes to the Green Party. <laughs> Pennsylvania, if you notice the big lawsuit out of North Carolina, too, um, the Democrats are going out of their way to throw the, the Green Party off the bat. We love democracy, except if we have to lose elections you know it's it is we love the environment 
Except for if it's going to cost us an election. Right. Uh, or we love the environment, no coal, but I want child laborers in Africa to get me lithium for my batteries. Or but I can charge with coal-powered power plants. Yeah. <laughs> or they can fly their private jets for three minutes. Right. Not that I care. Like, listen, here's the thing. I'd do the same thing if I had that much money. You kidding me? Why would I sit in traffic for that long? I think most. Uh, if but listen, I wouldn't preach to other people saying, "Oh, you got to turn down the temperature to the AC in your house." How many people are probably stuck on the Schoolkill Expressway right now that are like, oh, "I would, I would totally fly a helicopter over this to not sit in the Schoolkill Expressway." And you know, to extent from York, people would say that about Route 30. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, like, I hate Route 30. I have to take Route 30 every day to work. But it's not as bad as who put stoplights on a highway, Seth? Why? Well, in <laughs> When I'm sorry I exploded, but no. today on my way to work, mm-hmm. I did not hit a single red light Ooh. all the way from East York to West Manchester. How fast were you going? Um, Precisely right, the so next speed topic, Precisely Exactly. The speed whatever limit. the speed limit was. <laughs> next topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, every day going to work, because usually this is how my morning wake uh, starts. I open my eyes. I see the clock and I'm just like, oh, no, no. And then. It's just kind of downhill from there. It's like going downhill from at 95 miles an hour. Do you shower? I do. Okay. Yeah. So if today, it was like a quick two-minute shower. Run. <sighs> but every day on Route 30, it's like Talladega. Hmm. One time, I forgot to... My sister just started driving, and I forgot to take off the student driver bumper <laughs> like magnet, and I was weaving in and out of cars, and... The, people are giving me weird looks. I'm like, that's weird. Usually they're angry looks. And I was like, and then I get out, I get to the office, hop out of my car, and I see the magnet. So I was like, that's what it is. Everybody's probably like, this kid's a natural. <laughs> this is the best damn student driver I've ever seen. <laughs> so if you're driving Route 30, you see a crazy person in a car with a student driver weaving, dodging and weaving traffic. That's Wave Anders. And say, yeah. Hi, Anders. Hi, Anders. <laughs> Hi, Anders. Good stuff. So we got state government hearings. Uh, I know it's summer and everybody thinks we don't work, but we do. We did a public hearing at Villanova University this week um, looking at open primaries, Representative Quinn's bill, House Bill 1369. It was, it was actually interesting. We had uh, NCSL, National Conference of State Legislators, you know, nonpartisan group, kind of give you kind of give an overview of how other states do it. I didn't realize this. And, you know, as much as time we've spent in election, my world's been kind of the administration of elections, not necessarily this aspect of it. But um, there's some states that don't actually ask for party affiliation. No, there's like Texas, mm-hmm. no yep. party affiliation. You register to vote. Um, so like in, in a, a primary election is you, you get on the ballot and you run and then the top two run in November. Does that do do you get to vote for whichever party you want to vote for or both parties or all parties? It's there's there's no it's you you just vote in the primary. So everybody's on in the primary. Hmm. Republicans, Democrat, whatever. So it's one ballot. One ballot. Okay. And whoever the top two vote getters in the primary go on to the general election. The one thing I found super interesting were the states who let the parties decide whether or not they want to open up their primaries. Right. Where, you know, the Republicans or the Democrats could say, okay, we want to open up our primaries where the other party could say we do not. Right. And leave it up to them. I Honestly, that's, that was my, yeah. there my favorite to, There seemed version. to be some interest with, with members around that. But it was just fascinating because every state really does it differently. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're considered a closed primary system. So if you're a registered Republican, you vote for Republicans. <laughs> registered Democrat, you vote for Democrats. And unless there's a ballot initiative, 
Everybody else has their own method. But it's very interesting to me, too, to say, you know, well, I want to participate in a primary election because it's interesting because most of the testifiers said they view and quote, speaking on behalf of every voter out there, which I don't know to be the case. But they said the voters view is that primaries are the first election and the general elections are the second election. So they're being locked out of the first election when that's not really well, it's the not case. the case. Yeah. It's it, it's it's primaries it's yeah. there's actually it's two elections and representative shemmel brought this up right too. And, he, and he brought up a lot of good points where you are really cat like this the primaries are there so that the parties can decide who they're running in the general election right and you said this before too open primaries is kind of like letting the baltimore ravens draft for the pittsburgh steelers right which is great if you're a ravens fan but right to me it's just it's just weird and he, he, he brought up a point like he made people think a little bit right so uh, one lady, and I, I enjoyed, like, the first time I, we had a psychoanalyst, therapist, whatever, psychotherapist testify, and she was an independent voter. And, like, I, I always feel like they're analyzing me, like, 24-7. Probably not. Maybe they are. I don't know. But she was interesting because he asked her, like, okay, so you want to so vote in a Republican primary, mm-hmm. and you want to pick the winner of the Republican primary, but there's still a lockout because you can't run. So do you think— you as an independent should be able to run in the Republican primary. She's like, well, I didn't, I didn't think about that. And one thing I think Ross Diamond brought this up, mm-hmm. where one thing that happens in the primary is also committee positions, yeah, like precinct Diamond, committees, yeah. 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 And how would you decide whether or not independents get to vote for that party's right. so you structure? Need, well, think about this. So I think most people would say you shouldn't vote for the party elected official. So. If, if you were to pass Quinn's bill and, and do an adjustment for that, you would need a, a ballot for Republicans, a ballot for Democrats, and then you would need a Republican ballot that doesn't have party stuff on it and a Democrat ballot without party stuff on it. So you would need four ballots for the primary election. They can't even get the right number of ballots Right. As of right now. But too, I mean, you're just adding ballots. a complexity you yeah. don't need. Like, hey, I'm not a Republican. I'm unaffiliated, but I want to vote in the Republican mm-hmm. primary. Oh, hi, I'm an unaffiliated. I want to vote in the Democrat primary. And you just it, – it creates a lot of a lot of chaos. One thing that kind of got me irritated uh, by the people who were testifying, the one guy – what group was he from? NCSL. Yeah, NCSL. That guy – great information i actually really enjoyed listening to what he had to say um but everybody else was saying that you know they are being disenfranchised and that they are not they can't vote when in reality they have the exact same legal protections as anybody else and representative shemmel said this multiple times no more no less where if there was no republicans on the ticket then a republican wouldn't be able to vote in that election so i mean we we had some some people speaking on behalf of you know veterans Mm -hmm. it's not like we have a state law that says veterans can't vote in primaries it just says pick a team and you can go like you can go you can go re-register every single election however you want to do it as long as it's 15 days before the election you're fine right and you know i mean and and i get i mean it was funny um jared solomon representative jared Mm -hmm. so i made the quip of you know you know you you know some republican districts are 90 percent republican like no offense that doesn't exist I think the highest is like Jesse Topper at like 75%. Like, remember, the Democrats just did gerrymandering, mm-hmm. racial gerrymandering in the Commonwealth. Democrats in Philly 
have 90 over 90 percent Democrat districts. There is no general election. It is an impossibility really for a Republican to win in in Philadelphia, most Philadelphia districts. Used to be have more elected Republicans down to one. But even then, Republicans in Philadelphia can't say we can't vote because anybody can go and run against any of those people. I mean, look at, for example, Senator Kristen Phillips Hill. Mm -hmm. She has a challenger this year, a Democrat challenger. She's in a very red district. That challenger has no chance. And but she's still running. Right. And the Democrats still have that. Anybody can run right. for office as right. long as you meet the age. Criteria I think, I think the bigger else. problem here, and I think Paul and Russ in their line of question, we're trying to get to it. So you have you have Republicans, Democrats do their primaries to select their candidate in the spring. You have all the other parties, Green Party, Libertarian. I just saw an article where a Libertarian Party has fielded the most candidates ever statewide. They're on a lot of mm-hmm. ballots, Constitution Party, et cetera. They have to go through a separate process where they have to do signatures, et cetera, to get on the ballot in the fall. Now, the problem with that is it, it creates problems for counties setting the fall ballot because that process, you still have that legal ability to remove people and what the Democrats are doing with the Green Party so they can try to win elections by throwing people off the ballot, standing for democracy, right? But if you if you move that and have them do a similar process in the primary election, your ballot's set, right? You know who's running in the spring. Everybody can run, same platform, same time, and now you've got your, your general election set. Your ballot's set. It helps counties. It, it seems better, but it's, it's I, like, I, and I think that's the general problem. So now, like, Green Party decides not to list anybody. You don't have a primary. That's your, and right. that's your own party's fault. Right. It, it does seem like there are some, some certainly some advantages to being able to uh, vote for who you would want for your party and maybe who the best candidate who you would approve mm-hmm. for for the opposite party yeah. is so that when you get down to a general election, instead of having two potentially radical party opponents, no. you could end up with really a couple of moderate people who are more, more towards the middle leaning towards the other party. In that in that kind of in that yep. kind of setup, there there are some advantages and disadvantages of this, but it, the, the it plainly does it screws over anyone that's not in the main two parties. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, and again, there's all fifty states would do something differently. Like yeah. even even quote the open primary states, not all of them are like really open primaries. Yeah, so. and there really is a big mix, and right. I would definitely recommend anybody who right. is interested in this open primary thing go out and listen to that hearing because there was a lot of interesting stuff i think overall it was good it was first time a house committee looked at the bill so i think it was good and it was actually a really good debate I, jared and paul kind of represent solomon and represent shemel sat next to each other and they had really good debate back and mm-hmm. forth so it was really good i really appreciate and then you had representative ryan on the other hand who was just kind of debating himself right I mean, it was, was kind of funny <laughs> he was he was going back and forth with the first test fire yeah. and stuff i mean like it, it is ultimately i love it's not, it's, he's or too, me too he's, he's a great friend We're, is, i'm gonna is, miss is, him is this available on is this a yeah list? you can um so you can you can actually pull the video up so if you go to the general assembly's website click on state government uh video transcript will get posted when once it's transcribed it takes a little while but i really appreciate representative quinn's uh, leadership on this topic, willingness to 
um, have his legislation vetted. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I found it interesting. It's one of my favorite part about being committee chairman and looking at these issues and doing hearings. It's, it's fascinating to learn more about topics where people are and stuff. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then we're, we're actually doing another hearing Wednesday, August 24th, 10.30 a.m., out in Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon University, and that's on impact of cybersecurity and blockchain on government operations. So always a good time. Sounds like fun. It, it, I like I like I like like blockchain to me is fascinating. It's it's interesting because I think there's there's pop maybe a approach for for state government in it, uh, but cybersecurity is massive. We hold a lot of personal information on citizens, and we need to do everything more we can. And more. Right, and we need to uh, to an extent probably we need to start limiting it. Uh, it's probably too much and too uh, we need to protect it uh, and there's a lot of bad actors constantly trying to penetrate our cybersecurity, and we need to stay up to date and make sure we have everything in place so yeah. i and those you know bad actors they certainly aren't dumb right you know who is dumb who kamala harris and joe biden <laughs> it is now time for dumber dumber okay so the point of this game is i'm going to read representative grove and chuck we'll let you in on this game oh, uh, a quote and they have to decide, figure out if Joe Biden or Kamala Harris said it. Uh, first quote. Now, people, when I say that, look at me and say, what are you talking about? You're telling me we have to spend money to keep from going bankrupt? The answer is yes. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, I'm going with Biden. Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's too incoherent and not repetitive enough to be Kamala Harris. Right. You guys got that right. Yeah, that was pretty good. And that's the part that kind of sucks about this segment, is that once you pick up on how they talk, it's super easy. All right, th this one's going to be a little more tough, though. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I promise you. Uh, Jill Biden? <laughs> Jill. She, she, she would know. <laughs> what do you think? I, I've got... I, well, I mean, unless Joe Biden is speaking in the third person, which he might, it's got to be Kamala Harris, but... It's actually Joe Biden talking about President Obama when he was vice president. Oh. He, he was going he was going for the whole Teddy Roosevelt speak softly and carry a big, big stick. stick. Yeah. Oh. Um, but did not come off that way at all. No, it did not. <laughs> we'll move on from there. You need to get to go and you to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. Um, is that the new Monopoly game? The Kamala Harris, do don't pass go, do not yeah, collect so. dollars. I've got to agree, concur with that yeah. statement there. That's got to be the, the mad Kamala Harris. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, next one. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Biden. <laughs> yeah, that's Biden. Biden. Repeat, Biden. repeat the Biden. line. Yeah. Yep. Reading all the teleprompter. teleprompter. The, you can't make that up. Like, I mean, I, I, like, it's Anchorman, right? Anchorman, he'll read anything you say. Good morning. Good, Good evening, evening, San, San Diego. Diego right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just watched that movie again. Pause. Like, Look for claps. <laughs> The bet, like even the what was it? He had the instructions yeah. in hand, and he was. You sit down. You yeah. sit down. And you then you was like him. bolded and yeah. underlined. <laughs> like, has he tried to shake any nobody's hand lately? Yes, he did. Did you see? So he just got done with COVID, right? And it, now his wife has it. 
So I think it was a Inflation Reduction Act uh, that he was signing. And afterwards, he went up uh, to shake Chuck Schumer's hand. And he had a mask on because he had to protect himself from every or protect everybody from himself. Goes up, shakes Chuck Schumer's hand for about 30 seconds, pulls down his mask, and then starts coughing up a lung into his hand. So Chuck Schumer's going to be the next one. Thank God it's nothing more than a cold. Now. Yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, COVID's finally over. Did you see that? No more CDC? quarantine. Yeah, yeah the CDC. CDC set. Basically, treat it like the flu. Yeah. If only people have been saying that from the beginning. Right. Where, where have we heard that before? Did Fauci say that? Was it, did he? No, no, he didn't. I don't. Hmm. No, that was hmm. I am science. Right. Science is me. Yeah. Right. I am science. <laughs> right. I'm surprised he hasn't found some way to get the entire country to try to lock down a Vermont. So vaccination. So next quote, <laughs> last one for the day. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. That's that's the most inspiring thing I've heard. I mean, I, I'm inspired to do something. I'm I, getting teary-eyed I, I, just reading it. I, I, uh, Your inspiration is, has inspired me to be inspired I, and I, to do things that are inspirable to other people to get them to do things to be inspired. Like I, 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 so I, which dummy I was could, it? It's, it's got to be Kamala Harris? Yeah. I'm That's gonna, Kamala Harris. Is it? That's Kamala Harris. Well, we were making inspired. fun of her like it was anyway. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm inspired. It's so inspiring. I'm, I'm inspired. I'm beyond inspired. Like that, I love America even more because I heard that. Again, like, listen, elections have consequences, ladies and gentlemen. This is the leader of the free world and the person that's it's a heartbeat away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know which is worse. As I voted for the other guy. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All I'm going to say, I voted for the other guy. God bless. I, I seriously wonder how many people like miss mean tweets. <laughs> like, I, I, w I looked forward to Donald Trump roasting people on Twitter, like calling Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig or whatever he said to her, compared to Joe Biden... Because you can tell he's just losing his mind. Donald Trump is just a mean tweeter. We'll yeah, keep it PG. Donald, Donald, Donald Trump at least was going to give you something interesting to talk about. Yeah. Probably. Joe Biden is like a call to Dr. Kevorkian. Like, yeah. right. just put me down. Right. I, and it's, it's I, I, I feel bad. I mean, he's had a long legacy. He's been a U.S. senator. He's tried the United States. You hope for the best. And it just, it, it saddens me to, to see that mental decline. And you see it. You, you see it. Like it, it happens to everybody. It's not like we're busting on mm -hmm. him because he's the president. This happens to everybody. Right. The, you're. It's just. Hey, the, the dude's eighty some odd years old. It's. It's time. But we all know that we're all afraid. It's time because that means it's Kamala Harris time. And who is that? Is it ever time for that? <laughs> right. If you guys ever get a chance to separate yourselves from your kids and. Uh, not safe for work clip here look up the cat williams thing on joe biden where he yells at people for making fun of joe biden he's like joe biden is 80 years old yeah, and by, the end, it, by yeah. the end of it he's 98 yeah. years old he's like he's 82 years old yeah. he's 84 years old this man is 88 years old this man is 94 years old 
It's like, you're the one who gave Grandpa the job. <laughs> it's worth it. That's a worth it sketch. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, 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 very funny. Cat Williams, like said, that's though, a worth it one. Definitely not. not it's Cat safe Williams. Yeah, not, not safe, safe for work. work. Not safe for the kids. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, listen, it, it is what it is. He's the president. Uh, people apparently voted for him. Everything that transpired, it's frustrating to watch the direction of the country. It's frustrating to watch. Um, and just the deny, like the deniers of the mental capacity of the president. Mm-hmm. That's people see it. I don't know if he's going to run again. I know I did notice Democrats. A lot of the the national Democrat uh, office holders are very quiet on whether they feel Joe Biden should run again. So we'll see. We'll see. That's a 2024 issue. We got a 2022 election coming up. Elections have consequences. Go vote. And on that somber note. This has been another episode of Grove Unleashed, the most popular House Republican podcast. This has been Grove Unleashed. Tune in for more at repgrove.com slash mypodcasts. Yeah.